0: Hello and welcome to another Pro Wrestling Post podcast on this week's show. In WWE news, is Retribution finished? And could we be looking at the Tribal Chief against the Brahma Bull at WrestleMania? In Impact
1: Wrestling news, The Rock scheduled to appear at Sherman Rock's Impact Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And we have the card for Victory Road this Saturday night.
2: All that and more. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another Pro Wrestling Post podcast. How are we all at home? All good, I hope, in these strange and disconcerting times of this COVID era. As always, I am here with my wrestling buds from across the pond. I have my friend Pete and my friend Mark. How are we doing, Pete? Uh, We're doing pretty darn good. Excellent. And how are we doing over there, Mark? Cold and old. Cold and old, yes. Dear listeners, listeners, uh, you may not know this, but... (laughs) As someone tried to stitch me up a couple of weeks ago, when it was my birthday, <laughs> Mark turned a a very significant age um, uh, yesterday, actually, uh, time of recording Wednesday, and Mark had a, a great birthday. He needed some a, a great day after a very testing week, and all of us at the Pro Wrestling Post send you our love. You all good over there,
0: mate? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm good. A little sore than I probably was maybe two days ago, but for some reason, they say age is just a number only when it gets higher and things start moving a lot slower than they did before yes
2: oh i'm a high number (laughs) i am so with you there (laughs) how are you though pete you all good you were nice and relaxed and chilled
1: oh yeah very things things are pretty good here cats have been quiet the the weather is has cleared up for the most part so cats have been
2: cats have been fed and and you're ready to go exactly excellent so on that note shall we crack on yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. So straight away into some WWE news. You may have seen on on Raw this week that there was no Retribution, there was no Raw Underground. There really wasn't a lot going on. Mark has the details. So is it really true? Is Retribution
0: done? So you know, we asked that question in our intro. We could go and jump and say yes. And reason we're we're taking that leap of faith in saying yes is because one of the members had tested positive. I'm not even quite sure specifically who, but one of our one of the members of Retribution tested positive for COVID. And you only work as well as all your parts put together. And so when one part is missing, it leaves things up in the air. It's unfortunate because it's a couple of weeks removed from them really trying to get behind the steam of it. And when we're in a society with everything having a really short attention span, If you don't have that momentum going where's the excitement where's the interest where where do people care and so therein lies the question with retribution is this it
2: it doesn't look good i've got to admit what about you pete i mean you as well as myself we've been super hard on on retribution we we really have it, it might just be that it's not the fact that the fans have turned on it, it might be that COVID has killed Retribution.
1: Yeah, really, it seems like that. Because we heard about uh, the COVID reports from the Performance Center, which is where a lot of these guys in Retribution have been, have been stationed while they're waiting for their moment in the Thunderdome. We've mentioned all kinds of reasons why Retribution probably should have come apart, but if if this is what it takes to to either end this or give them some much needed direction, you mentioned other mark that yes a that a that a, that a unit is only as strong as all their members together, and you yeah. know i get i get flashbacks to the nexus as as we have been since retribution came to the forefront.
0: Yeah. That's been the quickest comparison, right? It has been the quickest
1: comparison. And and again, it continues to, because I'm thinking about Daniel Bryan getting, getting fired for strangling Justin Roberts. I'm thinking about Michael Tarver's injury that got him kicked out of the group. And so that kind of helped that storyline where it seemed like, like that power was going to Wade Barrett's head and he was becoming kind of a kind of a petty tyrant. But this yeah. time around, like I guess I guess the story of that storyline wouldn't play out. <sighs> we're seeing and we're seeing, we're also seeing a, a a lot of other stuff get scrapped or at least postponed due to COVID because there also wasn't a raw underground this week and probably for no. the same reason.
0: So I don't know if there was anyone that was tested um if something happened to Dabicato, but it seems like I
2: think I think with Raw Underground, sorry, Mark, with with Raw Underground, it was the fact that a lot of the the audience outside of the ring are NXT talent, and Mm. there was uh, possibly an outbreak over there, or they were worried that being in contact with uh, main roster members that have been in contact with Retribution members who have got COVID, there might be some case of it passing it down to the performance centers, either one or the other. But that's that's the reason that I heard.
0: Which would make sense, right? You are you go through all the testing, you take all the precautions, but if you're not socially distancing, as we're often told and encouraged to do, how do you do that in an area where you're not masked, you're patting on the ring, adrenaline is, is I mean, you're trying to raise emotions, you're smothering an area. There is no distancing there, too. So it's understood why they would do that. Although... I didn't. I didn't kind of like what happened with Dabakato last week, and that we're building up this potentially next big thing in a monster. Ironically, we talk about Brock and the next big thing, and it's Dabakato who ends up taking the beating. So I don't know what the the decision is then to do with him. I remember when we
1: were talking about Raw Underground <clears throat> initially as as like a vehicle to get Dabakato over, and I don't see what the purpose was now that they. When when last week when they brought over Braun Strowman and had him just just run through Dobokato, you know it. You, yeah, you got your SmackDown Beast. Why why can't we have a Beast on Raw?
0: Yeah,
2: uh, it's it's very strange. It's uh, it's not the first time, and it might be the last time that we we the the booking of of just Raw and SmackDown in general. There's there's highs of of their booking and there's complete cock ups like this. You can't. Labercato was seen as a monster for how many weeks on Raw Underground and then the moment he's actually tested okay it was against Braun but you've shot yourself in the foot because no one's really going to take him seriously again. He could be built up like right back and have a four on one match and he could put four people on his shoulders. It's not really going to make much difference. They have killed his momentum before he's even started.
0: That was the one thing with Brock like he could, he could be built up he could lose um, it was almost like you're putting kinks in the armour of the giant And yeah, he may lose that uh, complete obliteration that he faced of Goldberg at at the one Survivor Series, but for the most part, you never got that feeling because there was so much built up around him and the mystique Mm -hmm. and the infrequency in which you would see him. For somebody so young to do that, it's a real shot. And then they have to really work hard now to reachieve... What they were initially trying to achieve if this was a matchup that they were to feature a raw underground between the two of them at a major event then then that i I see that they're building towards something but to kind of hype it up and then they get crushed like that much like you guys that just it just doesn't jive why why would we want to care
1: yeah you mentioned how booking has been kind of all over the place lately on the main roster we we were talking about this the possibility that drew mcintyre might be holding like an open challenge for for the wwe championship but is that a thing that they even confirmed
2: ah nothing has been confirmed drew drew never said that it was going to be a continuation wwe hasn't said it's been a is going to be a continuation but the fact that he's he said like someone out the back can face me that hasn't faced me before i mean there's a lot of bloody people out there i mean so the people that didn't get a shot, they could be clamoring over everyone else to say, "Wait, what about us? You get you threw it out last week. What about this week?" So, but then, how many times have, have we seen the Open Challenge? Cena did it with the U.S. title, elevated the U.S. title. Um, Cody did it over on AEW with the TNT. Um, uh, Eddie Edwards in Impact.
1: It's and, and isn't and isn't that what FTR are kind of doing? With their with their twenty minutes with
2: greatness in AEW, it sounded like it. It very, they didn't word it as hey, this is an open challenge, but you know, you, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, yeah, the you mar- I mean the market is kind of flooded.
1: We're coming out of that now, but uh, it seems like you know, for once, it's
2: it's WWE chasing the trends. So, oh, could we could we be seeing AEW actually making WWE change their ways a bit? I saw a report from a... I think our very own Mike Bryan shared it on his Facebook where somebody in the entertainment industry, in the TV industry, was saying that WWE are going down the skids because of everything that us fans have been saying for the last 10 years. And now the industry insiders have seen it and they are going... They're very worried that WWE, when their contracts are up for renegotiation, they will not be getting anywhere near the money they're getting now
0: because no one has faith in them. Um, I, I think when you're, you're looking at advertisers, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, they're always looking for what is a certain demographic interested in? What is the hot commodity? What is the hottest trend? I'm sure your kids will talk about TikTok, or they'll talk about um, doing certain dances, and that that that's what's going to resonate. So to jokingly kind of transcend and, and talk about Chris Jericho and calling himself the demo god. I really don't think that's a joke and that if advertisers are going to see, well, this is where the publicity is, this is where the interest is, this is where we're going to advertise towards, we're going to fall in line and follow this trend and buy our advertising space on Dynamite. Does that mean WWE is going to take the massive hit? I, I don't think that they're ever going to be positioned in a place where they're they're not going to be that top number, but I'm sure advertisers are going to look at that and say, well, more money's invested there. People are competing for spots on that show for that. Does that push Dynamite to wanting to be a third hour show because there's such a demand for advertising on it? Oh, and God, are... not. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: But. Right, right, but they're looking at it from a marketing standpoint. I want to get my uh, I, I know that i'm I'm going to have an older crowd watching after nine o'clock or after ten o'clock. Maybe the content's a little more risque, and that's what I'm gearing it towards. But I've got all these people fighting for advertising spots from a business standpoint you You're trying to make as much money as you can. Oh, for unfortunately, sure. the product in w d we get the crap end of something when we're watching i'm not sure if there's a, a, a section where it's the most interesting if we go back to the wcw wars with wwe we had certain hours allocated to certain groups whatever it was right if the cruisers were on for the first hour and then you had your big guys on that last hour you could push with content that's pushing the envelope a little bit a little bit more over the edge but then you might get beer drinking advertisements Pushed in that direction because people are up that point. So that's kind of where I'm going, where I'm kind of in a roundabout way getting to when it comes to interest and where the interests lie and where they're paying attention to it.
1: That's, that's a really good point. And I think Thanks. that speaks to, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think if you want to look at the numbers as a whole like 4 years ago WWE would have been like they they were pulling in like 4 million viewers for raw mm-hmm. weekly and you look mm-hmm. at it now and and they're like scraping by with just over a million mm-hmm. and we remember that that uh, a couple weeks ago when uh, AEW Dynamite was was uh, unopposed and they managed to draw a million views for the first time yeah. and yeah. so you know, you have you have on one side WWE's numbers that are that are you know dropping steadily, and on the AEW side, you're seeing that when they're not opposed, when and and when that's probably going to become get better as the NBA and NHL playoffs come to a close. How much? How many more viewers are they going to get from that? And I think but that's I really going to be... true, true.
0: Because look at the NFL. The NFL season has started. Mm-hmm. They're a major – and are the cons going to redirect towards the Jaguars? Because then that becomes the focal point on Monday. And they, their team is playing on Mondays. They win the demographic. If that's the – that's kind of funny. In, in an indirect way, the cons win. They win on Monday. They win on Wednesday. Yeah,
1: yeah. But also, like, follow-up question is, are there NFL games on Wednesdays? No. I'm, yeah, because I'm familiar – they there are on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday's on, all right. Yeah. But uh, when what happen? What happens when opposition from AEW comes down to only NXT? It, we're probably going to see a lot more shifts in how things happen or how things are going when those numbers
2: pe- become clearer. So we've, as you so expertly put, we've AEW sp- scoring their highest audience for quite some time of over a million um, against an unopposed NXT. We have last night's NXT, as we're recording on a Thursday here, folks, that has put on their Go Home show for this Sunday's TakeOver. Did any of us watch it? Do we know anything about it? And who, for the life of me, who is that mystery person coming back on Sunday?
1: So I caught uh, some of the highlights. I saw the... uh, uh... Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai and Damian Priest, with Gargano and and Candice getting their their victory, and they had their moment where they posed uh, with the North American and NXT Women's Championships uh, together. That seems to be more like just an image for the go home.
2: Yeah, that did that that did remind me of like proper Attitude Era, Raw, where right before a major pay per view, you end up with the the good great image of someone standing tall with the belt as as just as the credits come up and it face to black. That's exactly what that reminded me of.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's that functions as its own uh, cool little thing there. Uh however, I think of the more the more interesting things would be, like you said, the this well, this this mystery interloper. I'm still believing that it's gonna be Bo Dallas, or at the very least someone else who had been who has been a champion within NXT. I'm also interested in the developments with Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor because they did this video package for Kyle O'Reilly talking about his career and how much he wanted to face Finn Balor. But, you know, whenever he got to where Finn was at, it was just as Finn was was making his exit. So he talked about, like, wanting to come to New Japan to, to face stuff uh, with, with Prince Devitt but he was you know, signing his NXT contract. So Kyle O'Reilly goes to NXT and he gets to NXT and Balor's uh, heading to the main roster. And so you get these guys, or you get this, this sense of Kyle O'Reilly in more of a babyface light than, than he's been yeah. in, with, in his time with the Undisputed Era. And that's, uh, that's certainly a development, especially because there's been lots of talk over the years of plans to split up the Undisputed Era. Personally, I'd rather they not, because I like there being this, this squad of of cool bad guys wandering around. But yeah, that's definitely a way to deal with the fact that Kyle O'Reilly is kind of the untested the untested factor here.
2: Oh, you've heard the same rumors that I've heard this week. It's coming out from last night that um, there is tentative plans to break up the Undisputed Era, and by the sound of it, it's going to be a nasty split, as Adam Cole and Kylo Riley will be faces, whereas Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong will be fa- will be heels. Sorry, I'm not I, sure about that. Yeah. You're not sure, Mark? Are you sure? What What do you think? Uh,
0: I, I will tell you, um, Kyle Riley and Adam Cole have history together. Anybody that had followed them before this, i know that where they've been. Uh, alongside each other and even if they've been on the other end of each other and fighting it's been uh pretty brutal so if it is gonna happen it's a disappointment i think just like pete said these guys have it all together it's the one faction that seems to regardless they, they weather the tide everybody knows where their role is yes they make it clear that Adam is the leader, but at the same time, they're still there to support each other. They're still there to back each other up. And a nasty split, like you said, yikes! That's that doesn't sound good. Honestly, I I think
1: this could have worked a little better, or this could work a little better if instead of Adam and Kyle becoming the babyface, it was um, if it was Roderick and Kyle turning babyface. Because I think Ooh. I think Roderick Strong just just kind of fits in that babyface role more elegantly than Adam Cole does.
0: Yeah, I, I agree.
2: I've, I've never rated Roderick as, as a face. Never rated him. He's just too bland. I've seen more character in him being a heel in the last two years of, of Undisputed Era than I have in eight years of seeing him on the Indies as a face.
0: <laughs> it's, no, I, who, it's more like, who are you more convinced? Are you convinced... When you would, I, I see where kind of Pete is going. Like, are you mm-hmm. convinced when you look at Roderick and you say, mm-hmm. this guy's a heel or does it look forced? Like with Adam Cole, it's, he's just, he's a natural, he, I don't know. Maybe my impression, He seems no, like right. he's a natural heel. Mm-hmm. It just comes yeah. off smooth as silk. Right. Um, and, and maybe because he's so bland, as you've said, I adore, I'm, I'm a huge Roderick strong fan. So I, I'm not going to look at. Uh, at the persona per se, but I, I look at him and I'm like, you know, wrestling Mr. ROH wrestling skill aside, he's he's got the face because it's so natural. But when you look at him, do you you don't find that it's forced? You find that it's a natural heel. He's quality. He's,
2: I've seen him in PWG. I've seen him over here on the Indies in the UK. I've seen him in NXT before he joins UE, and him as a face. Even with those, do you know those promos he did with his wife and his background growing up and Mm -hmm. the sad childhood that he had? Yeah, yeah. I was starting to think, oh wow, you know, like the sympathetic babyface kind of thing, um, which is obviously the reason why they did them. But then you get him in the ring, and on the walk down to the ring, there was. It might just be me. I'm not putting him down as as an in-ring talent because he is flipping and awesome and phenomenal. But as a character, as a face character, I just he didn't click for me. But then you were talking about Adam Cole being a natural heel, which he so so is. But they, I think they started sowing the seeds for this with his feud with Pat McAfee. Mm. They've made Adam Cole the saving grace of NXT, of, you know, who's this guy coming in, this punter who hasn't wrestled a match? I'm going to stand up for... He was, he was being a righteous hero, Adam Cole was. Hmm, yeah. So I think they've started sowing the seeds then for the face turn.
0: See, um, and, and if it, I don't know if it being a a 50-50 split, but I could see it being Bobby Fish and, and Kyle O'Reilly. I think I've seen them so long as being heels that that works. And, you know, and that Roderick has the, always been the the guy on the outside in
1: And uh, <laughs> at any point. We, we touched on it very briefly a while back, how, some, how people used to be like career heels and baby faces and how that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of not a thing anymore. I think that that sense is, is something that we get from, from Adam Cole, from, you know the Miz from on the other on the other end of the spectrum. You got you know your Sammy mm-hmm. Zanes, your your uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat's uh, Sting. Even you know some people you look at and you just you just get the feeling that this guy's the good guy. And I mm-hmm. think and I think that's ultimately what I wanted to get at with Roderick Strong. The blandness maybe that's just a thing that he could get over with or that he could get over with the right coaching, like if you get if you get some of the promo guys in there with him and teach him how to how to like get himself over more effectively.
2: Well when when he started there, Shawn Michaels wasn't, and Shawn Michaels is probably one of the best baby faces of all time. So if he could take him under his wing and, you know, show him a few tips and tricks, that yeah. could definitely work. Oh
1: yeah. I do believe that could work. But yeah, as for as for Adam Cole, that guy just has the look of a bad guy. Like I look at that guy, I think I think I've get uh, uh images like diesel I have images like uh who else career bad guy
0: Mr. Perfect
1: I don't know Yeah Mr. Perfect Scott Hall little Yeah Those guys who who you know have the the like the cool swagger he's the cool bad guy
0: That's mm-hmm. the yeah. thing
1: is that there's a difference between just a regular old heel and the heel who is
2: cool Didn't didn't um Eric Bischoff and who else I think someone maybe even Paul Heyman himself Said that there's no such thing as like a, as a proper bad guy anymore because all the bad guys want to be cool because they get merch sales.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. NWO really uh, uh, messed that up for a lot of people.
2: <laughs> oh, so we're leaving WWE and NXT and good luck to them with their takeover this Sunday. Uh, we're going to pop over to Impact, who had a, a, a jam-packed show on Tuesday, and our resident expert Pete. Um, I'm sure he's going to start this with a plug but what what happened on Impact this week <laughs> Read my feature
1: Brace for Impact every Monday on the Pro Wrestling Post website So we've had some news in the build for Victory Road uh which is kind of coming as uh a as the build for Bound for Glory kind of solidifying the landscape as we as we come to the big pay-per-view I remember a long time ago people told me that Bound for Glory was like Impact WrestleMania. I never got that feeling because Slammiversary is the pay per view they bothered a number. That's right. <laughs> I don't get it. But we'll leave it as is. So yeah, we got uh, a bunch of the card for Victory Road uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, we had some some more development between Tire Valkyrie and Rosemary. They've been they've been working together as tag team again. They and they managed to beat ve- to defeat uh, Nivea and and Havoc. The Good Brothers had a uh, a little standoff with some of the other tag teams in the roster as they've been they've gotten their uh, uh, they seem to be at the head of the class for a tag team title shot. Uh, we learned that Diona Perasso will be defending her championship at Victory Road against Susie, and we had uh, a rematch between Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace.
2: And Tennille Dashwood, talking of which, um, she had an impact press pass yesterday, and our our post has gone up uh for with her chatting to who does she chat to is it jake jake Ch-
0: landmaster yeah
2: yeah uh she spoke to jake so feel free guys girls to go back to the pro and have a look at that rather interesting um that woman never breaks character <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say
0: <laughs> as as evident by that uh press fast definitely when we spoke to to jordan about like six months ago when she won the title. When we pitched the question of who she wanted to face, even then she had mentioned Tiniel. So, you know, this could have always been in the works and just waiting for Tiniel to be healthy um, in order for things to kind of come together.
2: Long-term booking. Wow. Who would have thought Yeah, that? Yeah. So, uh, so some Victory Road matches were, were made clearer on this week's Impact. And I think some more were mentioned or made uh, public after Impact had finished?
1: Yes, we learned... Uh, a whole bunch about what was going on with like they they announced uh basically everything else on the card we knew from last week that eric young will, or yeah eric young will be defending his impact world championship in a rematch with eddie edwards we now know that diona perazzo will be defending the knockouts championship against kimberly not kimberly against suzy rohit raju is uh defending against we don't know yet
2: is this technically an open challenge <laughs> The way
1: he's oh. been talking about it is more of a, a beat Rohit challenge. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe. So it's just everyone's doing open challenges and trying. I'm to... so you
2: know, open challenges are so passe now. I'm, I'm done with open challenges.
1: You
0: get an open challenge and you get an open. <laughs> I feel All like right. Oprah's going to be standing and maybe talk about
1: the the undercard a little. Yeah, uh, and
2: yeah. There's some interesting matches that undercard. There are some very I'm, interesting I'm... matches. Uh, i'm liking brian myers mate
1: yeah i i am i'm actually really interested in that match the problem is that it had literally no build
2: no (laughs) or or sorry
1: next to no build you want to know what uh uh, mark you know what happened no brian myers and tommy dreamer had a standoff in a hallway (laughs) and that's why That's that's it that's all it was
2: I can't believe we've just we've just praised him for long-term booking and, and the then the booking yeah. for this match is this.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You know, it it's like two two steps away from being he beat me in a game of rock paper scissors. I'm looking for retribution. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, I like
2: a confrontation. But yeah. yeah you confrontation, yeah.
1: You really expected more from the first time that the the most professional wrestler and the innovator of violence meet one-on-one
2: you'd, you'd hope yeah. that and obviously we're all hoping <laughs> and all we got was a it was a, a rather tense confrontation in a hallway but you know let's hope that they can kick start the show i would imagine that open the show so just uh have a great i mean tommy's kind of not the guy he used to be and as i cover ecw i'm seeing him in his prime but seeing him now he's he's still good to go you know, RVD can go, so can he. We'll talk about RVD in a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 a good it's a good match. Anything else on that undercard that takes your fancy?
1: Uh, so there's the the rubber match: Jordan Grace versus Tumil Dash Ashwood. Three. Yep. Uh, this will go a long way to establish the the pecking order in the Knockouts division. Any thoughts?
0: I would be surprised. So right now, this is the rubber match.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd be disappointed if if Jordan loses it. It almost felt like she was kind of put in her place by Deanna Prazzo and then Tanil comes back and then she loses again and so i don't know i i almost feel like there's not going to be any certainty with this one mm-hmm. I, um... I, I almost i almost feel like there won't be a decision and that this gets carried out to something else as though this isn't the be-all and end-all like they're going to walk out with more questions than they will answers
1: yeah, i see i see especially because uh, uh the way i've heard jordan grace talk about this feud as as one that she's been wanting to have for so very long just to have two tv matches and and uh, uh a match on a special event seems you know kind of underwhelming for something that that both competitors seem as very seem so excited about
2: yeah i'm gonna answer this with two syllables kaleb he's gonna get involved mm-hmm. he's gonna get the win and Jordan's going to be playing catch up and just being a, a nasty, vicious, you know, this side of her that we haven't seen for quite a while. She's got the hump with with Caleb. She's got the hump with Tennille. I reckon I reckon Tenille's going to win due to shenanigans from Caleb, the the fantastic photographer. Who, by the way, I still haven't seen a single piece of his work online. <laughs> and uh, there was a late one, a late match that was announced. It was uh, a four-way. Yes. A rather strange match. It's a four-way, but with a difference.
1: Yes, they're featuring uh, one member of each of the four teams who are uh, in contendership for World Tag Team Championship number one contendership. Oh, sorry, three of them and one representative of the champions. Uh, we have Alex Shelley from Impact World Tag Team Champions, the Motor City Machine Guns, versus Josh Alexander, half of the North, versus Carl Anderson, half of the Good Brothers, versus Ace Austin, who has been having a pretty good run with uh, his new
2: partner, Madman Fulton. They've been looking good. They've, they've surprised me. The chemistry they've got. uh,
1: Like I mentioned when, when uh, they, they came together that they've got a very, a very uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel thing going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, and that I think is really starting to work to their, to their advantage.
2: So that's, Uh, that's still going to be, that's that's going to be a strange old match, isn't it? I mean, that's not going to be a simple. Not that four ways are simple, but it's not going to be a formulaic four way. This is technically it's going to be four in the ring and four out the ring. So there's not going to be much in the way of fair play in this match, I think.
1: Which you know is the kind of is the kind of chaos that sometimes is is uh, that sometimes gives you the big blow away high spots of a show. Yeah,
2: yeah. So what
0: what's oh. their motivation? In, in the match itself is it just winner take all is it a, just uh a bragging think right
1: is yeah it... i think it's just a bragging rights kind of thing right now just because so many of these teams or these guys have been in in contendership for the
2: world tag team championship
1: like i'm surprised that there's not a representative from from the rascals
2: yeah Mind they've you, been on a tear as well and it's it's a shame that the rascals aren't involved it's probably
1: because they've kind of like had their two shots
2: Mm. They're kind of oh, making room, room for the others of pecking order.
1: Well they're not exactly at the bottom of the pecking order Because there's you know Team XXXL And and Reno Scum Who you know where they've been lately I can uh, follow up with some something about Reno Scum Because uh, this is also Worth noting Adam Thornstone and Rush, R- R- Luster the Legend Are going to take on Heath and Rhino In an unsanctioned match
2: Yes!
1: Come on Heath! Come on! Come on! Yeah, this, I told uh, you
2: guys. I told you guys last week he didn't. He didn't do Eddie. I told you all he's 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 not a heel at heart. He's a he's he's got kids to feed. He needs that contract. Yeah, oh,
0: we, sorry, uh, I had to say that. You're not gonna let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, I I was wrong. He's gonna get that contract the fair and square. Hopefully, when uh, he and Rhino run through Reno Scum, who are apparently Hernandez's henchman now since uh, Ace Austin is hooked up with Madman Fulton.
2: Yeah, he um I think Hernandez put uh, an ad out on Craigslist and they answered. So there you go. That's that's not bad for them. Um, uh,
1: you mentioned it, kind of, however, sorry. As we're uh you mentioned uh, the attack on Eddie Edwards yesterday or not yesterday last week, I forgot to mention that we have an answer as to who uh launched the attack. The mystery attacker was in fact Ken Shamrock.
2: Oh my words! Wow. Oh. So was was do you reckon the, they turned the lights off because it took Ken so long to get to where he was supposed to be to <laughs> do the attack?
0: Yes, yes, sir. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, Ken against um, Eddie. That's uh, treading over old waters again. That's not. It's not necessarily a bad thing.
1: I mean, they've had to deal with with uh, uh, absences due to COVID, so it makes sense that they might want to pick up where there might be some unfinished business from before but uh this is interesting given uh what's going on with ken shamrock in the near future as he's going into the impact hall of fame
2: he certainly is there's i'm gonna congratulate you on yet another great segue there dude that's that news broke oh was that about six weeks ago but there was another piece of news that breaks or broke along with it something to do with a certain friend of his from his time in wwe
1: yes so uh it was last week ken shamrock went on twitter to uh ask a favor from the rock since those two had a very had had some some excellent matches in the late 90s kind of defining ken shamrock's career in the limelight it's interesting that that he would reach out to someone as as mega famous and so intimately connected with the wwe to to speak at his hall of fame ceremony
2: it's it's very strange but as we've we found out through the the kurt kurt angle it's not the first time that they've done business together as in wwe but i don't think rock is even under contract with wwe no i don't
1: think he's under contract anymore he's just kind of vince just kind of has an open door policy with the rock yeah
2: so unless he he gave Uncle Vince a, a a courteous phone call and said, "Look, I'm doing this. <laughs> Tough, because <laughs> to be fair, Dwayne holds all the cards at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's rather strange. He's not there in person. Is is he doing a, a video message? Do I
1: yeah, read? I think he uh, he recorded a video message that he that will play at the Impact Hall of Fame ceremony. But uh, still, that's going to be. That's gonna that's gonna be a significant draw for for impact. Yeah. Or at the very least, it's gonna have impact wrestling on people's minds, and that's that's probably that's that's better advertisement than than any commercial.
2: Indeed, that's that's column inches right there. You know the 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 most is the most well paid actor in the world right now. Or uh, he's a uh, he's been in the new in the news a bit with presidential candidacy and all this kind of stuff. Mark, what do you what do you think to this? It's strange, is it? Is it a a possible future thing between different wrestlers working with different companies? And what do you think? Uh,
0: I, I can't see why it wouldn't be, especially if they've got the freedom to do so. I know it definitely peels the curtain back a little bit and says, well, you know, we see that there's competition out there. We value them. We respect them. Why can't there be? Why does one company need to hold all the cards? I think, what chris jericho did and going to dynamite was that beginning those signs of that and the work he did with new japan i think if anybody said look what i can do or what can be done why do you in the latter part of your life or your career feel like you can't open up new doors for yourself as a brand and the rock is doing something i i think it's there's nothing wrong with that at all he's Looking at himself, he's doing something publicly. Someone reached out to him publicly. It's great. And it works. It's a win win, really, for The Rock. It's a win for Impact. It's not really a win for WWE, but what does that say on just one night for that to happen?
2: Mm-hmm. I think they're prepared to take a hit that night. I mean, they're going to blow it off and say, ah, oh, it's not a hit, really. But you think of The Rock, you think of WWE. So seeing him pop up on a, on a, a rival wrestling promotion show it's going to smart a little bit surely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: on the subject of the rock we forgot something that we mentioned in the intro while we were talking about wwe news
0: (laughs) i mentioned that in our chat (laughs) yeah Yeah, um so spoilers teasers uh call it what you will really interesting that has the stage been set with another blood feud to take place because we say bloodline with The Rock and Jey Uso, we saw Jimmy get involved. Could another family member be the one that Roman has to cement his tribal chief status against another uh, Samoan dynasty member in The Rock? Is that something we look at for WrestleMania? Take this, my money.
2: <laughs> this, has been, this has been spoken about for two, three years at least them to the, the the major they kept calling it a passing of the torch. To be fair, the rock is so jacked he could still probably go anyway. Mm-hmm. I can't see any torch being passed at all. But with Roman and this 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 in, incessant need to be the high chief the head of the table, he's not there yet because his older cousin is well, look as I just said earlier, he's the highest grossing actor in Hollywood right now. He's he owns a goddamn a football league. Roman's got to take on on the rock to to be cemented as the the high chief. It's
1: interesting considering how how very little of that came through, especially like the 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 Samoan heritage in in the Rock's previous runs with the company and now that so many more of his relatives are are working there it's something that's that's coming back up again in in kind of an ugly way uh, if we're looking at if we're looking at it from you know roman trying to trying to establish himself but you know he's got he's got all kinds of all kinds of shadows that he has to come out from under cuz you know lots of his family were were in the business first and made all these waves and now He's kind of known as the guy that everyone, or, or that the, uh, the hardcore fans at least, kind of love to hate.
2: Yeah, how long have we all been clamouring for him to turn heel? Because we all knew exactly how great he could be. Without blowing our own collective IWC trumpet, we all knew he could do a, a good job of being a heel and could, to, could make a, a run into being a great heel. What happened last Sunday in his match against Jay... He impressed so many people. My timeline on Twitter and my personal Facebook went through the roof with how many people were impressed with with Roman and, and his heel actions, his demeanor in his match against Jay. It was it was unreal, it really was. And I remember when we brought
1: this up when Roman joined forces with Paul Heyman, you were kind of uh, uncertain of whether or not this was going to be the direction moving forward.
2: I was worried that Paul was going to be in the mouthpiece just like he was with Brock and it would be Brock version 2. Yeah. How how wrong was I? I I will sit here and put my hands up and say, "Yeah, I was completely wrong and I'm so glad I am wrong because I never imagined Roman to fully embrace this this vicious nasty heel persona and he's owning it and he's owning it with a smile on his face a vicious evil smile but he's he's owning it so well and yeah Paul's just in the background (laughs) to be fair he didn't even get a look in on sunday paul Heyman, he he was a peripheral figure as roman just demolished jay and yeah i'm i'm i could not be happier to be bloody wrong i'll tell you
0: but even in in being wrong like it it's so understood why you would have thought that like why would we have thought of Heyman having any other role, but but for the role that he's had, you know, when he was that. He even spoke to some extent. It felt more cohesive where him and, and CM Punk, when they were together, where he would speak as would Punk, but it was more mutual. It's almost like the third layer to this Heyman character, almost I can share the role, I can be the role, or I, I could just actually switch roles. And I'm just there in, in the most ugly-looking Miss Elizabeth type persona I could be, <laughs> and be in the background and not speak. I don't know why that's the the image that just popped in, but I'm sure we'll get some hate mail. How do you compare one to the other? <laughs>
1: I mean, but well, I mean, the, the <laughs> I hate to be I hate to be that guy, but the way Paul Heyman works as a manager kind of feels similar to the same way Melina did. <laughs> where her job is where her job is really just to sit on the outside and scream mm.
2: <laughs> but but did you notice on Sunday he didn't do that he didn't gesture he didn't scream he was he was watching like a fan and the only time he got involved in my recollection is when roman was saying call me the chief to jay and Paul was on the outside or he was on the apron and he was saying, You're my chief, you're the king of my table. And Roman looked at Paul and went, I don't need you to tell me, I need him to tell me. And Paul backed down. It was so yeah. good. That that little character switch, that development, oh my God. It was Oh, I was sat here with a great big smile on my face thinking, yeah, they've done it. They've pulled the trigger, they've done it, I'm this is it. Oh. So are we are we we all happy in agreement that Roman against the Rock is gonna happen or should happen? It should happen. It should happen. Should. Yeah. Okay. Is it gonna happen?
0: <laughs> I I can't see them doing it if there's a pandemic. That that's too much money um to be earned and not have a live crowd there selling out a, a sixty to eighty thousand seat arena. I so I, I we're agreed
2: it. that it should happen, but it should happen at a and in another bit of news that Pete's going to drop on us in a minute, the only mania it really can happen is next year, because in 2022, The Rock is slightly busy, isn't he, Pete?
1: Yeah, he's uh, there's rumours that he's going to be running the, the re-relaunch of the uh, the XFL.
2: Yep, he him and his business partner posted a video on all social media saying they will be back, the XFL, I should say, pronouns, will be back in 2022, which is great because I love uh, football. Uh, I was getting into the NFL, and then the pandemic came along and stopped everything. Yeah, like I said, 2022 is a busy year for him. He may not get the chance to wrestle <laughs> Roman in March because if I remember rightly, the next XFL season is around about that time.
1: Yeah, just a couple of weeks after the the Super Bowl game.
2: It's 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 a it's a difficult one. I can't. I can't. Up until the news today, I thought 2022 was now done because I can't see WrestleMania happening next year in a 80,000 seat arena or even a 10,000 seat arena. I reckon restrictions are still going to be in place, um, mm-hmm. which then puts it forward to 2022. And like I said, up until today, I reckon that was now on. But the Rockers obviously. Can, I'm slightly busy. We'll have to work on it. So that, uh, granted, there's plenty of time to to arrange it and. Get things finalized, but in my eyes, it's looking bleak. Mm-hmm.
1: And we also got to figure that like, what's WWE's financial? Well, you know, they're making more money than ever, but what's their financial situation going to be like in by the time WrestleMania comes around? Considering the the viewers that they're losing every week, considering the state of of the roster, considering all the things that we've talked about when it comes to AEW and Impact.
2: Yeah, it seems like that the AEW and Impact have, have got a, a better handle of how to run their companies during this pandemic and WWE seem still seem to be running around on, on eggshells not sure which way to turn. Or is it just me?
1: No, no, that's definitely how things have seemed since since the pandemic started and since they've had to to, you know, think on their feet and make these snap decisions about about how to how to how to move forward
2: what about you mark you're you're very quiet you're pondering aren't you
0: uh i'm pondering in my i keep getting kicked out of discord so a combination of things um (laughs) but more so uh, i think they're they're trying to figure out what's the right direction unfortunately the decisions that they tend to make are going to fall under criticism regardless this match either happens and should happen, or doesn't, and then then it sits to the side. But I think it really cements Roman. If we're if we're still on the topic of you know decision making and what they're going to do as a response,
2: yes, it's it's going to be some top level negotiations and dare I say it, future booking going on there. Long term storytelling, hopefully, maybe possibly. There's been some roster departures from the uh the Impact roster, uh, Pete. Yeah, RVD, RVD, and his and his missus Katie have have left the yep. building.
1: Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes are no longer involved with Impact Wrestling. Uh, apparently, they hadn't been under contract for quite some time, and they'd been just kind of working uh um like finishing up their program with Sammy Callahan, which. Came to an end in <laughs> in, in rather depressing fa- uh, fashion last week. Yeah, now now they're finished. And RVD did an interview with a new site I'm not so very familiar with called Pro Wrestling Junkies, where he mentioned that he was working with WWE on a few projects.
2: Yeah, yeah, you you spoke about that earlier. So I did a bit of digging and and found the interview. And he he didn't go into much detail about these projects, which is very vague. Mm-hmm. But it's it's leading or misleading to think that he could be coming back to the roster i mean if jeff hardy's there and his mate tommy dreamers getting a a, a pay-per-view slot surely he can still go maybe in wwe potentially
1: i mean the last time we saw him in wwe was in 2014
2: yeah uh yeah that's right
1: from some of the context clues i've gotten it seems to be like more of a more of a home media thing than a than a like re- uh, in ring return, so you know right. maybe they're maybe they're gonna do some some ECW retrospective or or like a retrospective on someone's career and he's there for for like interviews, M- maybe mm. he's gonna do maybe he'll do a table for three, and I've also heard some some speculation that maybe he's doing something relating to to the video games, mm. which considering the state of of WWE gaming. Maybe not, but uh, oh. yeah, that's that's
2: the the info that we have available to us. So, Mark, quick question for you: Do you know much about Katie Forbes?
0: Um, a little bit, and, and from what I've I've seen, she is she a little more. I'm going to say a risque version of Session Moth, but is she more? <laughs> is she? Is she more on the sexualized version of the section? If, the-
2: if you could cross Mart- Session Moth Martina, Melina, okay. and Scarlet Bordeaux, I think uh. that would work. If R V D came back to WWE in as as a roster member capacity. Do you do you envisage Katie joining him on the roster? Even as a valet?
0: No. Uh. no not not that not yeah. not that character.
2: Yeah,
1: not in that. Not in that, <laughs> not in that cut, guys.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've just thrown it out there because you know so many people are going to be asking and, and thinking in their basements. Thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah, great. We oh, get to see that. Yeah. On Prime Time TV. Fantastic. I'm yeah, sure Vince that. will be up for it, mind. But Yeah, we all know what he's like. In the run-up to Bound for Glory, Impact have struck a deal with uh, AXS, the TV station that carries Impact, have, have you guys seen what's happening? They've called it an Impact Week.
1: Yes, uh, reminds me of a thing they did in 2015. Uh, they, I mean WWE in 2015, they had this uh, like a week where where all of their stuff was on USA Network, mm-hmm. like they did. They had, I think that was the first time NXT was over on USA Network. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had. It was, it was, um, they had Raw, they had SmackDown, they had Tribute to the Troops, they had NXT and, uh, something else. Main event, maybe? But yeah, it was Ooh. just, it <laughs> wow. was just, uh, a, a week where, where a whole bunch of primetime went to, went to WWE. And now we're about to see the same thing, only on, uh, on Access with Impact.
2: Yeah, and they've, they've struck a really good deal here. They've, um, on Tuesday, October the 20th, so four days before the pay-per-view, they obviously have the, their Go Home Impact show. Straight after that, you will get the Talking Shop Boys. Well, minus Romero, because I don't think he'll be allowed. Um, but you've got Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows doing a Talking Shop full keg, which I'm not sure what that's going to be like. Is it going to be like a, an, a visual version of their podcast? Um... If it is, that's got to be must see because their podcasts are just crazy. Then on the uh, Thursday, twenty second, you have a documentary called "This Is Bound for Glory," where they go a documentary crew has gone behind the scenes with the challengers and the champions for the card of Bound for Glory, and then taking a leaf out of NXT and uh, WWE, you've got a live countdown to Glory which is a panel show before Bound for Glory starts. They are pretty much ripping off WWE, and I mean that with all sincerity, because Impact could possibly do an even better job than WWE with some of the stuff they've got here.
1: Uh, sorry, just filling filling in on the, uh, you mentioned Talking Chop Full Keg. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a live broadcast of their, of their podcast from uh, a drinking establishment somewhere in Tennessee probably.
2: Oh my God, that's that could go horribly wrong. Uh, do you two listen to their podcast at all?
1: I've listened to some of Talking Shop.
2: Oh my god, it's um, risque is is putting it nicely. It is sometimes downright nasty and dirty, and lewd and crude. And seeing it as a as a visual version, wow that that could be that could be really bad slash great viewing.
1: Well, I guess it depends on on who's there to to rein them in.
2: Have you heard them too? That's not going to happen. Rocky yeah. Romero tries to tries to rein them in. We'll talk about him in a bit as well, but my, that's that's not going to happen. Mm. But yeah, is there anything there, Mark, that, that takes your fancy? I, I have a sneaking suspicion that documentary you're going to like.
0: Um, would you like to touch base on that a little bit?
2: So the documentary uh, is on the 22nd, on Thursday the 22nd, two days before Bound for Glory. And it is, as they put... A go behind the scenes with impacts champions and challengers, including Eric Young, Rich Swan, Diona Perazzo, and Kylie Ray. That is basically all they've put. So it's going to be a behind the scenes. Look, it might be a talking head style promo documentary to hype the hype the pay per view. It could be something along along those lines. It just sounds to me something that you would enjoy. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I do like my documentaries, but and I think there's always the production that goes into it. Mm-hmm. I, I always wonder though I, these it's not so much shoot interviews, but even if they're being candid or off the cuff or something where you get a real sense of trials and or tribulations, like documentaries are skewed in a, in the direction that they want the viewer to to watch. And but I'm always compelled by what kind of story they want to try to tell for each one. Um, and if all if it's if it is like a talking heads one, uh, I wonder what that's going to be like. Um, are, are they going to be able to talk about where they were, where they are, and where they want to be? Do they go there and say that they were in another promotion further north, or do they play that card? Are they not? You know, in a, in an Eric Young, um, he's such a talented wrestler. So uh, Eric Young, and and to know where he was and how he can see things and has been very open saying i can't do a lot of things well but i can wrestle and i know wrestling if there's anything in life i can wrestle and just like we had um we were able to take part in the interview last week with eric young i wonder what that would be part of in this type of documentary or is it a he can be pretty um succinct with what he wants to say so it'd be interesting
2: as you said, he's he's not been backwards and coming forwards since he's left WWE. He's gone on record plenty of times and, and flat out accused Vince of ruining wrestling. So if he carries that, that form over into the documentary, it could be proper must watch viewing. Yeah. So that's uh, impact done. Oh no, no, it's not it's not done.
1: You know what? Nah, it's <laughs> no, it's done. No, it's done. I just I just wanted to bring up the time they tried to do Bound for Glory, kinda like the G one when like god, everyone is scoring was scoring points. 2011.
2: Oh my god. That was that was the Bischoff Hogan reign, wasn't it?
1: Yes it was.
2: Yeah, I remember all that. It's all point system and
1: Yeah, and that and, that one time oh. when I had more points in the tournament than Samoa Joe did.
2: <laughs> is this is this when he was kidnapped by those those ninjas?
1: I no, I think that came after. I think this was just I think it was I think it was that he got deduct points got deducted from him because he had been acting out. <laughs> and so, or like he'd been, he'd been. Uh, it's been so long, and and I've been trying to forget,
2: but <laughs> I, I cannot forget that storyline because that storyline has never been resolved. He was kidnapped by ninjas. He came back with all that famous paint, and then all of a sudden, it was forgotten. I will I will bang that drum till the day I die.
1: You know, you know who might have answers. Akira Tazawa
2: oh, <laughs> oh, see, connecting the dots now. Hmm, that's that's interesting. That's a chat for another time, though. That's Impact's done, I think, for sure, now. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to move on to our past pieces. So this is where we uh, have a quick chat about some pieces that have been published on the Pro Wrestling Post website. And to sound a bit youthful, we have had some bangers this week, Mark.
0: Is that what the kids say? Oh,
2: okay. Over here in the UK, it's a banger. So if It's really, really bangers? good. Yeah, yeah, it's a banger. He,
1: yeah, well, oh, okay. you know, here, sometimes sometimes my friends will tell, oh, like, I'll show my friends a song, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, this slaps.
2: Oh, so that's <laughs> a good one. I'll start using that round. Oh, actually, I won't. I might, kids might get scared around me. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the, the past pieces, we've, we've had one that came out today on, of recording, um, which is, if, if you guys and girls haven't seen it, you've got to go out of your way. Uh, Joe versus Kabashi in Ring of Honor happened 15 years
0: ago today. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pull up the piece and read a quote from it because I was... So this was a quote that um, Samoa Joe had about the match leading up to the match between him him and Kenta Kobashi. Um, so as the quote goes... So Kobashi coming to America, he really thought that nobody knew who the hell he was. And he also thought that he wouldn't get a reaction. He thought he was going to be booked like he was Mr. Fuji or something. That was really his perception of what would happen in America. And I'm trying to tell him, my conversational Japanese, that, you know, everyone out there knows you. Your tapes, you've been solid, illegally. All these types of people long before his th- this match was put in place. So when we started putting together this match, he's making it really into a 1960s, I'm the evil Japanese guy. And I remember at one point stopping him and telling him, trust me, big baby face. Those are Joe's thoughts on the match before, the the thoughts on the match in, in preparation for it too. And I think we talked about it in even you've had comments, a little piece of Joe died that night. Problem <laughs> because a little piece of him was literally left in the ring from a Kobashi chop so yeah seek it out Ring of Honor fans uh, you probably know it well but it's uh, if you haven't seen it please do um, October 1st 2005 pieces and pieces of of a, a young uh, emerging Samoa Joe left in the ring <laughs> I'm just going to say
2: this you don't have to be a Ring of Honor fan to, to appreciate this match you just need to be a wrestling mm-hmm. fan Yeah. it's is top draw it is one of the best matches in my opinion of all time i talk about strong style on here a lot you want to see a definition of strong style watch that match ah i cannot watch it as we're recording right now um one of our, our contributors graham has had the dvd of that very match turn up in the post today and he was like, "Oh, I want to watch it. I want to watch it." And I've I've literally screaming at him as as I can in caps lock, "Watch it now!" So, Graham, seriously, watch it. People out there, you do anything
0: this weekend. If you do anything,
2: go out there. <laughs> we'll, I will find a link. I will post it on everyone's social media accounts, and just watch the damn match. Pete, have you have you seen this match before?
1: Yes, I think I think John actually like called me in. Uh, when I was getting back into pro wrestling and was like, hey, he he has the DVD, and he's like, you need to see this match. (laughs) I
0: I wonder if on Ring of Honor's YouTube channel, because they have those throwback Thursdays, if you could search up this match and it would generate. Alex did a wonderful job uh, commemorating this day, and uh, some of the the screenshots in the actual article actually show – I think you can see a handprint, a full handprint of Kabashi on Joe's chest.
2: (laughs) It's insane. Uh, It's It's zoomed in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Alex. And uh, thanks for, for having us turn back the clock. Really looked forward to it.
2: Okay, guys, I found the link through the official, uh, ring of honor watch along. So I see with Ian Riccoboni and Todd Sinclair, they, they watch along the entire match. I will post the link as soon as we're done. And, um yeah just just get out there and watch it it is oh it is amazing
0: um go back and put the link in the article too if it's not in i will do
2: i shall i shall put the link in the article as well so so so, first of all listen to pod then go back read the article and then watch the match okay that's that's the perfect way to do it
1: and then read my feature brace for impact every month on the (laughs) (laughs) the
2: Uh... Oh man, I'm feeling left out now because I'm not. I'm the only one that's not shilling today because the next past piece is one that Mark wrote.
0: Yeah. Um, Dean Malenko, man of a thousand holds. You know, the 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 topic of bland really. It's almost it's an unfair word to use because you think bland, but then you look at the the person who it is and what they do. When you get past all character, because yes, some things make money. But some things just make you a fan and you just sit back and you just watch them work. And as a Dean Malenko fan, as a kid, um, there are things watching him that I didn't know in even researching him about. And, and I came across, especially ECW related, to know that he was part of the original Triple Threat um, and that group that emerged in its earlier days. And I always, I never knew that there was that, the initial alliance with him and and Shane Douglas, but it was always there. So then when they had a chance to bring it all full circle in WCW, it was interesting to see that. But I don't think I ever saw a bad Dean Malenko match, and I'm grateful for that because you have a memory of what somebody can give in the ring. And now with his role with AEW, what he can do outside of it, um, it was a lot of fun to write, to think back, to smile, and to know that as far as good as he is in the ring – i also think that he doesn't get as much credit credit as he does which is part of our unsung heroes pieces so definitely um thank you dean
2: i feel bad because i didn't appreciate Dean Malenko until i really understood wrestling so on the rare occasions where i could watch wcw over here um during the 90s late 90s when he was on there his matches would come on and i'd i will go to the bathroom, i will go to the kitchen I just wouldn't pay much attention and it wasn't until oh my word, I don't even know when, it was like mid 2000s where I started taking a better interest in wrestling and looking at the different styles and Dean Malenko blew me away so actually saying that, I'm going to plug my own stuff here because he's he's on my ECW, so I've been covering ECW, <laughs> I've been covering ECW quite a bit and he will he faces Eddie Guerrero, a fair amount during the year that I'm covering at the moment. And watching these matches that he them two have, you can see even back in ninety-five, just how damn good D. Malenko was. Technically sound, absolutely perfect. Like I said, I feel bad that it took so long for me to realise how great it was, but now I'm I'm kind of devouring as much D. Malenko as I possibly can. Totally underrated, definitely an unsung hero
0: so interesting so that was back in 95 right so you're watching him as you do your ECW Sunday Night Retroviews right mm-hmm. yeah so back in 95 he retired in 2001 that's like a handful of years later that he was no longer an active competitor so when he went into WWE we didn't really get a full sense of all those things that we probably saw in ECW where you you get a chance to really appreciate what he does kind of gets lost in the big spectacle yeah. of some of the things that wwe does so when you can filter out all that other stuff you just get technique solid solid technique so yeah
2: yeah what about you pete have you got any good dmilenko memories
1: unfortunately i don't because like uh uh my experience of him in pro wrestling growing up was as just kind of uh that weird hanger on to the the, the the other radicals
0: yeah yeah,
1: and he he really got misused, and and like I wasn't wasn't until much later going back and seeing some of the old WCW stuff, even a little bit of the old ECW stuff that really kind of yeah like he, in order to he's, to really start to appreciate man. oh yeah yeah he was too um, he was a horseman yeah. but yeah the, to really appreciate Dean Malenko you ha, kind of have to have that appreciation for technical wrestling yeah. And and when I was watching in those era in that era, it was like all that mattered was like the big guys who can move and do their stuff, and like uh, uh, the little guys who who would fly around. And so anyone who was like a mat wrestler would kind of came off as boring to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's part of, that's part of the marketing, right? There, yeah, you're, but we're kids, right? We we want what's gonna sparkle in our eyes. What's gonna be that big, oversized giant? Um, Nobody would ever say, like, we can all sit here. Big Sexy has tons of personality, right? Kevin Nash has tons of presence. Seven feet will give anybody presence. But mm-hmm. can you say he was a technical wrestler? No. But maybe he didn't need to be for him. But
1: Yeah. That, what was that Jim Cornette line about him? He had uh, he once tried to teach uh, Glenn Jacobs how to do uh, Diesel's moveset. And, and he counted uh, six moves, including a hair flip.
2: Ah <laughs> 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 oh, man. But yeah, I, I, I totally totally get that. He, like I said, as, as Pete said as well, during the late 90s, early noughties, I felt like I, I had dumbed down as a wrestling fan. I was exactly the same. Anything technical, anything map-based yawn turn channel over go to toilet whatever so yeah going back and just seeing how great it was and oh just so good so good people go out there read this piece read mark's piece read alex's piece read all our pieces especially read pete's pieces because otherwise he's going to keep screaming down the mic catcher read my (laughs) feature so we're going to crack on forward now we're going to Turn to some indie news. Uh, I, I did get a little bit of hate last week for putting New yeah. Japan, I did a little bit, it was private, and it was mostly, oh, okay. mostly a couple of friends actually were just they were ribbing me and just giving me a load of jip online. Um, but uh, once again, New Japan is saddled in the indie news. I'm sorry again, folks. And to what, my two friends that did, did give me jip, watch yourselves. Um, so <laughs> we, we have the G1 update this week. Uh, I'm really sad to say I've not seen any matches. I've seen highlights, and I've seen lots of tweets and stuff, but there's one thing that stood out for me this week which concerns a certain Juice Robinson. Now, when I sent you to the run sheet for this week, I guarantee you two had no idea what I was on about when when I said Juice Robinson's promo. (laughs) (laughs) So, Juice uh, faced off against Kenta in a, a G1 match. And during the match, Kenta, unsurprisingly, hit Juice quite hard. Well I say I say hit he kicked him square in the stomach very hard. Now, this caused Juice to soil himself. Juice, rather than let the information get out there and, you know, drip feeds and everyone say, Haha, you shit yourself in the ring, soon as the match had finished, Juice went to the back and they every after every match in New Japan, there's always a quick interview after the match. So Juice addressed this straight away. I have a transcript right here. So Juice comes running in. He looks at the interviewer and he goes, I want to be literal for a second. I am going to be literal. Are you ready? Literally, Kentuck kicked the shit out of me. You know what that means? He kicked the shit out of me. I ain't kidding. I ain't a figure of speech. I'm going to have to check my underwear because I may have sharted. Probably sharted. Do you know what a shart is? It's when you think a fart, it's a little bit more. Yeah, I sharted. <laughs> Poopsie daisy.
0: <laughs> it,
2: <laughs> I I I don't do that promo justice. Juice is so damn good. He's kicked on a gear. It, since the pandemic and lockdown and everything else. He's has come out of himself. That promo, the way he delivered it, his cadence was spot on. Um, it was a tough match. He got kicked in the gut. He sharted, and he walked away with the win. He he beat Kenta, and he is. Uh, where is it? He? he is leading, joint leading B block with Tetsuya Naito and Torriano with six points. We said this last week that you know we'll see how things when the when the of land comes around. It's coming around, and there are so many surprises in in both blocks. Uh, have you two seen the standings by any chance? Torriano beat evil. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: I tried. I tried to hold it in.
2: No, yeah, let it is happening. out. What is happening, man? Evil, what? Three months ago was a double champion. Yeah. And now,
1: and now, Toriano beats him. And he's, in first, he's tied for first place in B block. Oh. It's,
2: it's a strange one. It really is. I, I'm not sure if we're being trolled. I'm not sure if it is a changing of the guard and they're just trying to keep everyone on their toes. But yeah. It is a very strange G one this year, and I cannot pick a up from either block. Of Mark, have you seen much G one action this week?
0: Uh, I haven't seen much G one action, and I was looking at just some of the results. Um, unfortunately, like Wi Fi is just being, I, but the standings, Pete's like bursting with uh, like shock. I think that was <laughs> a, nobody could have like predicted that. I don't think. No. But then um, never. G- <laughs> like not. If if I had one guess out of a million, that would never have even cro- been that one that he would have been at three and and0 Is it Jay White that's also doing better? Jay
2: White is Still on three and Is on top of A Block with okay. uh, it's a it's a five way tie for A Block. So you've got Jay White, Taichi, Will Ospreay, Kota Ibushi, and Minoru, Minoru Suzuki all at six points, three and one. Mm -hmm. followed by Mm. Kazuchika Okada with four points at two and two. Jeff Cobb, Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi, all at two points, one and three. And then Yujiro Takahashi, unsurprisingly, bringing up the rear with no points, 0 and 4. um, That A-block can still go either way. I'm seeing Suzuki sitting there and top spot, joint top spot, thinking, cool, this could be a, there's a run in the old dog yet, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm similarly excited
1: to, to see Minoru Suzuki make his way up into that uh, up into that first-place contention.
2: Yeah, that's looking interesting. And then you've got B-Block, which I kind of touched on a minute ago. So you've got Tetsuya Naito and Juice Robinson and your best friend Toriyano, all at six points, three and one. Then we have a one, two, three, four-way tie with Kenta, Zack Sabre Jr., Evil and Hiroshi Tanahashi, all at four points, two and two. Then we have a three-way tie for, for the last spot, and this is where I kind of scream a little bit. You've got Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and bloody Sanada all at two points, one and three. I said Sanada was my pick we're going into this, mm-hmm. and he's bottom of the bloody pile. Again, what is going on?
0: I think the bigger question are, what are your NFL picks this week,
2: Mark? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fantasy team for NFL is absolute trash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got I've got four running backs all out this week. I'm I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> anyway, going back to, to wrestling, yeah this this G one it's it's insane. It's kept everyone on their toes. It's it. I think deep down this is happening to keep them uh, to keep New Japan top of the headlines because there's so many so many uh, things going going completely haywire. And results that are unexpected is keeping the the New Japan and the G One top of headlines. It's like, oh my god, look at this! You know, Torriano be evil headline news. That's uh, that's the cynic in me. So that's your G One, your topsy turvy, upside down, completely crazy G One done. Expect more next week. Hopefully, I'll get some bloody time to watch it and enjoy enjoy the uh, the Toriyano ex- Express. All aboard the Torriano Express. <laughs> Have you guys, by any chance, caught Talking Shopper Mania yet? The first one? The first one. Because... I I did. Number two has been announced. (laughs) Number two has been announced. And uh, Rocky Romero was on the Wrestling Inc. Daily podcast this past week, bigging up, talking about Talking Shopper Mania Part 2, The Rise of the Torturer. Do you... You said you you know a little bit about the podcast, Pete. Do you know much about the Torturer? Uh, no, I do not. <sighs> okay. No. So you, we we all know that that Doc Gallows, the big LG, whatever you want to call him, he likes to play a few characters. One of his characters, whilst Talking Shop was on air and they had the New Japan contracts, one of his characters was a guy, and please don't shoot me, folks, was a guy called the Cock Torturer. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to go any further than that. If you want to know, go it, do it on your own time and Google it. Since um, they went to WWE, he had to get rid of all his characters and and all that kind of stuff. Keep it all very quiet. Now they're not with the WWE and they've got their Talking Shop podcast back. They have brought back the the, the cock torturer for um, Talking Shop Mania number two. The main event for the first Talking Shop Mania was a Boneyard match. And again, I'm not going to go into details. You can quite easily Google it to find out all about it. The It was obviously a, a rib, and a, a, if you want to be English about it, a piss take of the Boneyard match from this year's WrestleMania. Mm. The main event of the Talking Shop Mania 2 <laughs> is a ball for a ball match. I'll just let that hang there a little bit more ball for a ball match. Sorry, you're, you're letting wow. the balls hang? <laughs> Someone got it. Um, so, obviously, this is a rib on a certain eye for an eye match that took place this year, and it contests Sex Ferguson against Chad Too Bad uh, in a ball for a ball match. I'm not going to go any further than that, but um, Rocky Romero was on this, this podcast with Wrestling Inc, and he, he basically just says how surprised he him and the, the talking shop boys were with the success of the first one and talks about number two and he says obviously it's gonna be headline with a ball for a ball match and he there also will be chico el luchador versus chavo guerrero in a lucha libre death match now for those of you that don't know chico el luchador is rocky romero mm-hmm. and chavo guerrero is obviously chaga guerrero quick question anyone know what a lucha libre death match is i have some ideas about a lucha libre death match um i bet your ideas are a lot more tamer than their ideas i guarantee that yeah well i mean i've
1: seen (laughs) i've seen some pretty i've seen some pretty nasty lucha libre matches but Um... uh i'm wondering i'm wondering if there's any kind of like extra gimmick they're gonna add
2: so yeah a lucha libre death match uh possible co-main event for talking shop mania 2 i know you two guys haven't really seen the first one uh again if you can get out of the way to see it and seriously you've you've got to watch number two i'm gonna watch it i'll probably watch it live i don't care if i'm completely tired for work the next day I, i i need to watch it let's crack on we have a quick preview coming up for an event that takes place this saturday so by the time you guys hear it it would have happened already uh, but it'd be on IWTV, so you can probably go back and watch it. Mark, it's Black Label Pro.
0: Yeah, there a Turbo Six Steed tournament is happening. It's not the first year that they've had this. No, I want to say it's the second year. It may be the third. Um, reason I'm saying that is uh, a certain uh, internet wrestling television champion gained notoriety at this tournament when his character was born um, in Warhorse. So. That tournament is taking place this coming Saturday. It's a two-show event on the same night or the same day. Uh, what I am wondering is, I'm hoping that Alex Shelley has a really good pair of shoes because he's on this show at noon, and then he's part of Victory Road later on in that night. So um, he's gonna have to really, really motor. So if that's the case,
2: uh, yeah. when it, when it comes to Who's me. who's who's he facing that that day?
0: He's facing this, uh, another impact wrestling um, talent, as smiling Kylie Ray. So yes. the two will, will square off with one another. Looking forward to that. Uh, and if you've seen either one, you know what you're going to get. And two pros going at it. So uh, the Grap 16 tournament, it's 16 wrestlers over the two shows. Uh, what happened in the past, we saw the birth of Warhorse and how he all came about, was actually at this tournament. Uh, he came out and blitzed up and then emerged, and here we are. So he'll be defending his title that night. But there are some real standout matches that I look forward to. Um, ACH versus Christian Casanova. Mm-hmm. Excited about what those two can do. Um, and then Blake Christian and Chris Bay. Um, those that are that know Chris Bay from Impact, like our good friend Pete, who covers them every week on his feature, Brace for Impact. Um, <laughs> every Monday. <laughs> every Monday. See, why can't we do that too? I think there's nothing wrong with shilling your work. Um, we're slacking with shilling. <laughs> um, you push me
1: to do it more, I'm doing it more.
2: What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> we're,
0: just, we're just talking other mediums, not just, just, just the podcast. Um, and he faces Blake Christian, who's just out of this world, extraterrestrial-type, space-type high-flyer, man. He's all over the place. So uh, those are a couple, couple of the key matches. And I think the one, and we mentioned this before, um, a, a, a match that's really developed some some steam under it is the Ethan Page, Dan the wrestler who was Dan the dad, and how the character was in the possession of Ethan Page. Well, now that's all going to come to pass, and the two are going to... Square off against each other And it's going to happen again for Black Label Pro This coming Saturday So two shows, one at 12 And then one at 4 So I'm guessing um, Those that advance from the 12 o'clock show Are going to compete against those That are competing in the 4 o'clock show So it's it's going to be a busy day
2: A lot busy, of double duty going on there I think
0: Yeah, definitely Oh man
2: Is there, uh, Anything in those matches stand out to you Pete? I'm surely the, the Ethan Page one Yeah, because... there there we go. There so we I've go. Seen, yeah. Like
1: I've seen I've seen them uh well yeah, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Alpha One, Dan the Dad, or I guess Dan the Wrestler now shows up there a bunch. He's still I think he's the reigning zero gravity champion. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, that's you know, it's the one where uh uh I know the people involved.
0: <laughs> oh and if there's one other match, I guess the BLT, the BLT, <laughs> lettuce, tomato, BLP championship match between Jake something and Calvin Tankman. And Tankman, whose moment of bliss turned into utter, utter disappointment where something capitalized on, he won a, it kind of works along the ways of like a money in the bank. You can cash in at any time. I guess much like Rohit Raj did, which you would be able to hear in Pete's Feature brace for impact. Every Monday, um, you would, every Monday, you'd be able to hear it in there too. So then, in oh. see, yeah, six degrees of separation, it always comes back to impact. So uh, again, they would it, these two facing each other, look out for these two big hosses um, to beat each other senseless. Look forward to it.
2: Ah, uh, and that's uh, this Saturday. It takes place. So obviously, by the time you hear this on a Sunday, it's uh, it's already passed. But like I said. Get yourself onto iwtv even, and search for it on there. It's uh, BLP Black Label Pro. I've uh, just been uh, a great, a great promotion. We've followed them for quite a few years now. Here we've got a good relationship with them, and uh, in these struggling times, we'll do anything to anything we can to help out as many people as we can. And we're going to finish up today with a future piece, which is where we give you a quick teaser of one, one or two of our posts. Coming up on the Pro Wrestling Post website, and then today it's the one post, and it's it's a very important post. It's a, a trailblazer post about Hayabusa. Mark,
0: yes. Uh, if you think of one promotion being synonymous with Hayabusa, the late Hayabusa, it would be FMW, and he is synonymous with the company. Uh, in reading Alex's piece, Alex, who's been our roving um, pro expert and really uh, helped to build the foundation of the Trailblazers pieces. He talks about Hayabusa, but in doing so, where the name actually translates to as being Falcon. And yes, the piece is titled Hayabusa, FMW's Lone Falcon. That comes out this coming Monday. Talks about his career, his legacy, how he is and was an innovator uh, to his tragic career-ending injury. Uh, For those that might have seen it, where he... To even relive it is is sad. Um, uh, A moonsault moonsault gone wrong ended his career. But at the same time, what he did in the ring, what he meant to a triumphant attempt to walk again. And when that did happen, the tears that were in the eyes of those that watched it, uh, sadly, he did pass away. Um, But fans will often remember his matches and what he's contributed to this sport. So thank you, Alex, and rest in peace, Mr. Hayabusa.
2: Indeed, my my only my only match that I've ever seen Hayabusa in was for was in ECW, which is mentioned in Alex's mm-hmm. piece. It's the uh, where he, he teamed with uh, Shinzaki uh, against RVD and Sabu for the ECW Tag Team Championships. He totally blew me away, Hayabusa. I mean, if if the internet existed. When I first watched this match, which was oh, oh, early 2000s, we well, did exist, but not to the ex- extent it is now, I would be gorging myself on Hayabusa. Again, It was uh, innovative and quite rightly deserves the title of Trailblazer. And there we go, folks. That draws to a close another Pro Wrestling Post podcast. It has been another mammoth episode. We need to start watching this time, I think. Uh, but you, yeah, you're sat with three passionate wrestling fans who sometimes get carried away and don't give a damn about the clock. Much like how Uncle Vince doesn't give a damn about long-term booking. Um, before we go, let's uh, let's push our socials as normal. Pete, have we got any secret coded messages or jokes this week?
1: No, no, unfortunately, <laughs> this week you can find me. Uh, wh- what's, where's my where's my feature again? What's it called again?
2: Oh, um read. Oh, it. We've done it, uh, <laughs> read yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Break Get yourself on Pro Wrestling every Post. Every Monday <laughs> on the Pro Wrestling Post. Uh,
1: you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Pete Probably, and you can find me in the twenty fourteen Surrealist short film Pretzel Glass.
2: There we go, folks. If you're not wow. searching for that next week, shame on you. Where can we find you, Mark? Uh,
0: you can find me uh personally. Um well you can't find me personally, but if you were to find me personally <laughs> online when it came to when it came to uh, reaching me uh, on my own personal handle, it's at uh, the Mark Madison. Pretty bland, not like some wrestlers, but our characters. But it's pretty bland, and it's you can also reach our main featured sites, uh, Twitter handle at Pro Wrestling PST. Um, please let one more letter stand out for the O, and I will capitalize it, and it will matter. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's at Pro Wrestling PST, and then you can reach us on Instagram at Pro Wrestling Post, or you can reach Come to our facebook page please you know do what your parents said go to facebook go to our page see how we blend in the ying the yang that it has to do with it and uh search us up we recently celebrated 3,000 likes
2: yeah and if my space was still around i'm pretty sure we'll be on there too <laughs> uh, uh, you can find me on twitter at mark blake pwp i'm always there for a chat and a And a giggle. And don't forget the Pro Wrestling Post podcast at PWP underscore pod. As always, we will be back the same again this time next week. So until then, bye-bye.
1: Auf Wiedersehen. Read my feature. (laughs)